just wanted to commend parents with little kids um, that, I mean, I know it's hard to bring little kids to the main service, but as we're singing that song, I do remember uh, this, a, a, a memory where I was, we were in a tiny church, I mean, it, it might have been from here, like maybe five or six rows back, it was a really, really small church um, where I was kind of born into, and I remember uh, during a service, I was just uh, laying down on the pew. I mean, I was a little guy. I mean, and um, and I remember laying there, kind of you know, in and out of sleep, uh, and seeing two silhouettes, which most likely were my parents, and just light there, and you know, they were they were worshiping the Lord, which. It's just a great memory. I mean, it's hard to have little kids, and especially in here, but parents, great job for, for, for doing that, because your kids are going to have those memories of, of worshiping, seeing you worship, even if they're half asleep on the pew, they will remember that. So parents, good job for, for persevering in doing that. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 6. Verse 47, for a message entitled, Built Upon the Rock. God wants us to know that He is the rock and that our faith, our lives are built upon the foundation that is solid, that we can trust. And so I think sometimes as we go through life, we forget that our lives are built upon this rock of Jesus Christ who will never fail. He is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. And so when we are going to face things in life that we might be a little bit nervous about something going on at school or it, it's kind of coming apart in your life and you think, man, I'm facing life. And I just want us to all remember that our lives are built on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. And so as we look at today's scripture, that's what it's all about is that Jesus is the rock and you can get and you can trust the rock. So Jesus is the rock and you can trust the rock. Let's read Luke Chapter 6, starting in verse 47 to 49. This is Jesus talking. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. So, Jesus gathers everyone around and says this. Okay, listen. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what this person is like. So, as we get ready to read the text, that should be an exciting point of like, okay, Wait a minute, everyone who comes to Christ, that's me. Who hears his words, I've done that. And who obeys them, I'm doing that. This is what the Bible, this is what Jesus Christ says about you. He says this, He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose... The stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house 
was great. So here's the thing. In building, here's what you do. Man, a lot of you know you've, you, you, you've built things. So in building, if you're going to build a house, then you have to first uh, dig a trench around the perimeter, and then you're going to lay a footing. And normally your footing is pretty thick. And so you're putting rock down. And then a house that is going to be built, that's going to stand 100 years. Some of you live in houses that are 100 years old. That house has a solid foundation. And so as you pour the footings, you let that set, and then you build upon the rock. And so what Jesus is saying here is that those who hear his words and who do them, they have built their lives upon the rock. And so, as we face the trials of today, as we're going through them, we have to remember that the footing that we are standing on is solid. And so I hope that you're encouraged and you think, wait a minute, no matter what I'm facing, I am built upon the rock. I'm built upon Jesus Christ. Romans 9.33 says this, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Jesus is the rock. Isaiah 28, 16, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. Acts 4, 11 through 12. This, Jesus, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now here's the thing. Now what we're going to do is we're going to look at Scripture and I'm going to tell you a story about people who have built their lives upon the rock, the solid foundation of God's Word. And so let me remind you, the Bible says this, is that those who have come to Christ, who have heard His words, and who have obeyed them, their lives are built upon the rock. Now, it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean those who come to Christ and have, have their lives built upon the rock, they will never face trials. Because if you look in that teaching of Jesus, there is a trial where it says, if the storm comes, the water floods that house, it will stand. And so just know this, Christian, is that we will face hard times. Our foundations will be challenged in life. Things will happen. I've told you this story. Some of you haven't heard it, but my past pastor in Bakersfield, here's a man whose foundation, his life was built upon the rock of Christ. And when he faced a tragedy, he did not get swept away. His house was not built on sinking sand. It was built upon the rock. It was a Wednesday evening, and there he was preaching the gospel. He had a few young kids. And there's a parent-teacher conference, just like here. Imagine this, a Wednesday evening, a parent-teacher conference. Everybody's going over to the elementary school. But this was way out in the country, surrounded by alfalfa fields, a little school called Norris School where I went to school. 
It was kindergarten through eighth grade, best 12 years of my life. And so here, here they, they think, okay, parent-teacher conference, and dad, the pastor, says, I have to preach. It's a Wednesday night. I'm teaching. So mom says, I'll take the kids to the parent-teacher conference. In Bakersfield, Tulane Road, Alfalfa Fields, night. Mom gets out of the car, kids get out of the car, oldest daughter is six years old, something happens, she goes out into the street and gets hit by a car and dies. Imagine that, imagine that you have a six-year-old daughter and then tragedy strikes, the floods have come for your foundation. Now here's the thing is that this man's foundation was built upon the rock. He not only heard the words of God, but he also did them. But a storm came in his life and his daughter is now with the Lord. And I went to him and I said, you know, this was 30, 35 years later. And I said, uh, Pastor Roger, How did you continue on? I mean, you know, sometimes we think that as long as I am doing the things that God wants me to do, nothing will ever happen to me. And so we, 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 we serve God thinking, hey, there's this, there's this agreement that I'm going to serve you and then you're going to take care of everything and everything will always be good in my life. But that's not what this scripture says. It says, and when a flood arose. Not if a flood arose. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been built on the rock. And so I asked them, I said, Pastor Roger, like how... Did you continue on? And what I meant, what I was trying to figure out is, how did you keep serving the Lord? What, like, why didn't bitterness creep in? And you know what he told me? What choice did I have? And what he was saying was, this is true. And so it's not true only if things are going well. It's true even when the floods come and Tear apart your life, but the foundation will not be rocked. And so this is a man whose foundation, his whole life was built upon the rock. And so when that trial came, he continued to serve the Lord. And now he's facing another trial. He's in his 60s. And all of a sudden he just got a terminal disease. They gave him less than two months to live. Here he is, served the Lord his entire life. Started preaching when he was young. He's from Oklahoma. And now another trial is coming against him. He thought that he was going to go to be with the Lord so quick, he called all his grandkids in and, and blessed them and said, man, I bless you. 
and talked to each one of them, told them what their strengths were, what their weaknesses were. He thought he was going home just like that. So here he is in his 60s and he's run this great race and he's loved so many people and God has used him to preach so many messages. And now, he's facing a terminal disease and praise God, he's still, he's still going. They gave him two months. If he does no treatments, he continued treatments and it's been around a year since he was diagnosed. But it doesn't mean that the storms don't come. They do come. But here's a man, an example in my life, who's been built upon the rock. And I know this, some of you are facing trials. But trust that the foundation underneath your feet is solid. And you can trust it. You can trust Christ. He loves you. He has what's best for you. He's promised that when you leave this earth, you'll be with him forever. So be encouraged. So maybe there's a storm in your life right now. Here's the thing is that you can, you can trust the foundation that your life has been built upon. Even though in your mind you start thinking, wait a minute, is this all real is this really true because things are breaking apart in my life i would say this saint yes god's word is true you can trust it the foundation that your life has been built upon is solid turn to daniel chapter 3 i'm going to give you a story about three men who had a foundation built upon God that was solid. And when they were ready and they were going to be tested, it, whole, it held up. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Daniel 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar's golden image. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. Verse 4. And a herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the king Nebuchadnezzar, the golden image. And whoever does not fall and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Verse 7, therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the people's nations and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So now here's the, here's the thing. King Nebuchadnezzar has this golden image. When the music plays, you bow down wherever you're at and you worship. Now we know this. Our God has told us that we are to worship no one except for the one true living God. Amen? So Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego had a problem. You might have a problem. Maybe at your company things are going on and they're saying and forcing you to do things against the Scripture. Here's your Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego moment. Because here's the thing. The foundation that you're standing on is solid. 
So we don't want to think, well, wait a minute, if I obey the Lord, what happens if I get fired in my house payment, my cars and my kids, what's going to happen? That's not the question. The question is, what has God commanded you to do? Because this is the foundation that you can trust. Daniel 3.13 through 15 says this, Then Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. Imagine that. You get a note from HR. Come to my office. So they commanded that the men be brought to the king. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship that image I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Man, think about that. Saints, think about that, and we don't want to just look at this as a story and, and say, okay, and, and, and not really put it into our lives. Think about this, is that if you're facing something at your school or at your work, something is happening, and someone is telling you, you are going to disobey God's command, and you're going to do what I say, and who can deliver you out of my hands? This is a moment to test the foundations of these three men. And maybe right now, you are having your foundations tested. And I will tell you this, saint, you can trust the foundation that your life has been built upon because it's built upon the rock. You've heard God's word. You've obeyed God's word. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. So here's what they're saying is, you know what? I'm going to serve God no matter what. Because I can guarantee you when you are on your deathbed, you're going to be thinking, Lord, did I serve you? Did I do everything for you? Or me and you right? You're not going to think, man, praise God that I denied Christ and I kept my job. That's not what you're going to be thinking. You're not going to think, man, Lord, thank you so much that I was able to keep my health insurance with the company I'm with, even though I had to deny you. That won't be your thought. Verse 18, they say, you know what? Our God can save us, but, verse 18, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So think about this. King Nebuchadnezzar, with all this power, has no power over these men because these men are under the power of the Almighty God. Amen? And that's what you are. If you are a child of the God, it does not matter what man will try to do to you. 
He might throw you in a fiery furnace. He might rescue you out of that furnace, and he might not. See, here's the thing, is that the trials that we go through, sometimes we do get rescued out of them. Sometimes we do. Some, some of you have those stories that you were in a trial, you cried out to the Lord, and he rescued you from the trial. Some of you have a different experience where he's, he's letting you go into the trial. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and expression on his face changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and these three men Shadrach Meshach and Abednego fell bound into the burning fiery furnace now here's the thing saint they've already won if God just let them die and took them to be with him now they're with him forever they've won but guess what? That wasn't what God wanted to do. But if that was what God wanted to do, amen and amen, right? What do we Christians have to fear? We don't have anything to fear. Because our foundation is built upon the, the rock, Christ. We can trust him. And so if these men burnt up just like that and then they were with God forever, amen and amen. It's better to be with Christ than to be here. Saint, we have to remember that. This is not our home. Verse 22. Well, verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste and he declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, he answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and their appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. See, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't know the God of the Bible, but he's like, wait a minute, weren't there three? But now I see four, and one of them looks like Something's really special about him. Well, who do you think that was? I don't know. Maybe it was Jesus. Maybe it was an angel. But that's pretty amazing. See, here's the thing is that you are never alone. Going through the trials when you're thrown in the fire furnace, you're not alone. See, God's got angels as messengers, as helpers. I don't know, maybe you've been helped by one, but you didn't even know it.
Verse 26, then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Well, he knows who God is now, doesn't he? Come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps and prefects and governors and the king's counselor gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed and their cloaks were not harmed and no smell of fire had come upon them. Saying, this is true. This happened. We can trust God's word. And so no matter what tomorrow holds, you think, you know what? If this is true, it's going to all be okay. It's going to all be okay. I say, Rusty, well, what do you mean? What do you mean by that it's all going to be okay? Because he's already won. He's already conquered sin and death. Christians will no longer face death. Death is eternal separation from God. It doesn't mean I won't preach your, your funeral right here. It means that you will never be eternally separated from God. Ever. If you've drawn near to Christ... You've heard his word and you've done what he said. The Bible says this, is that your life is built upon Christ's solid foundation. So saying, be encouraged, think, wait a minute, as you leave here, wait a minute, so you're saying that no matter what happens, since God has overcome death, I will never face separation from God again. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because, Saint, you were born into this world separated from God. But if you heard his word and you did what he said, the Bible says that you have a foundation that is Christ. Those men didn't even smell like being in the fiery furnace. Let me give you another example. Turn to Acts chapter 6, or Acts chapter 7, verse 56. This is Stephen. This is another example of a man whose life is built upon Christ. Because here's the thing, saints. Sometimes we need to read biographies. We need to see how that man lived. What happened to them. If you love biographies, man, you will love the Word of God because we get to, we get to read all the good, the bad, and the ugly of people's lives. And here's Stephen. Let me give you the biography of Stephen. He gets saved. His life is built upon Christ. He's, he's preaching the word to the religious authorities. And they hate him for it. High school, or maybe when you're at school, we have see you at the poll coming up. The question is, are you willing to be known as a Christian? To be there at, see you at the pool and say, you know what, I'm a Christian and I'm not ashamed of it. This is who I am. And then also live the Christian life. Acts 7, verse 56 through 60. But they cried out with a loud voice and stomped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. 
And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You know the only way that when you're getting stoned to death, for you to say, Lord, don't hold it against them, is if you have a life that's built on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. I mean, think about that. You know, they throw you out and they've got these rocks. You know, in that image, it freezes and you see a guy getting ready to chuck a rock right into your teeth, smashes out all your teeth. Bam! Now there's no rescue for him. Meshach and Shadrach and Abednego, they were in the furnace. They got rescued out. God decided, no, he's coming to be with me right now. You tell me, which one would you rather be? See, so saying no matter what happens to you, maybe God's going to rescue you out of the fiery furnace, or maybe he's saying, no, today I'm going to take you home. Saint, if your life is built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, you can face death. You can face separation from this earthly body knowing that you get to be with Christ forever. Let me give you another example. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. This is Peter and John. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests of the captain of the temple of the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So Peter and John are preaching Christ because their lives were built upon the rock. And they answered them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Those of you who work with people at work or at school, think about this. Imagine if you started proclaiming God's word and all these people started getting saved. Verse 18, So they called them and charged them not to speak or to teach all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we could not speak of what we have seen and heard. For we, for we could not but speak of what we have seen and heard. So what Peter and John are saying is, listen, we're going to keep talking about Jesus. And so my heart is this, that everyone in here, if the world tries to get you to be quiet, stop talking about Jesus, that you will have the boldness and that your life will have been built upon the rock of Jesus Christ to say this, hey, listen, whether it's right or wrong to listen to you or to God, I will tell you this, you can judge, but we're going to continue to talk about Jesus. Amen? I will tell you, we should all analyze our goals in life. And if our goal in life our number one goal in life is to love God and to make Him known, you will live a rich life. You will live a satisfied life. Because you will live a life in the will of God.
Let's pray. Father, you are so good to us. You're faithful. You're merciful. Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ, the rock, our foundation. Father, you are truth. Father, if there's anyone in here that doesn't know you, I pray that you would draw them to yourself, that, that they would be convinced that you are the Savior of the world, that Jesus actually came to earth, and that he really did live a perfect life, and that he was crucified on a cross for all the sins that we've committed. And he rose again on the third day, demonstrating that he has the power over sin and death. And that by believing in Jesus Christ, that we would be saved and that we would be set free. Father, I pray that you would convince anyone in here that doesn't know you that today they could be born into the family of God by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And so, Lord, all of us, the rest that have been walking with you for a week or for many years, Lord, I pray that you would draw near to us, that you would remind us that we can trust the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. That no matter what tomorrow holds, we can trust you. That the foundation is secure. Draw near to us, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, if you'll stand with me, what we're going to do is we're going to sing this song, and this is a song to give you a time to make decisions. Because after the song, we're going to take the Lord's Supper, the bread and the cup. And the Lord's Supper is for those who are in a correct relationship with God. And so if you're a Christian and you have sin in your life, what I would say is before you take the cup, make it right with the Lord. And if you're not a Christian, if you want to know more about receiving Christ, I'll be sitting right there. But I would say this, just start thinking about, wait a minute, I'm going to take the Lord's Supper. It's to remind us of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And so however the Lord leads you, you respond.